Can we just start over? I can't do this. We're talking about the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. I forgive you. That's how Thank much you. Thank you. I feel bad. Good morning, my brothers and sisters of Christ. Thank you for tuning, that, for tuning in into our podcast, The Practical Rambling Fathers. My name is Father Tay Hong. I'm here with... Father Brian. Today is our two-year anniversary of being priests. Woot woot! So please... The 8th of June. Correct. So please continue to pray for us in our ministry, that we continue to be, become good and, and holy priests for the people of God. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. As a priest, it's been a blessing to celebrate the sacrament. And so we're going to start off with reading what the Catechism, the Catholic Church, describes it as. It's number 1422. Those who approach the sacrament of penance obtain pardon from God's mercy for the offense committed against him and are, at the same time, reconciled with the church which they have wounded by their sins and which by charity, by example and by prayer, labors for their conversion. This is a beautiful statement because it summarizes what happens in the sacrament of confession. We have chosen to sin. We have chosen to turn away from God. And because we're in a relationship with God, we need to make it right. So God has allowed His mercy to be shown through this sacrament where someone can humbly come in and say, Lord Jesus, through a priest, right? I have sinned against you. Here are my sins. Please pardon for me and allow me to become new, a new creation, and to live for you once more. Go ahead. Yeah, so it is. It's an act of humility um, to go to uh, another human being to say that I have... Um, I've seen I've done wrong. I've gone, I've gone against love that God has created me for. And so these are different ways that that has happened. Um, and uh, breaking the Ten Commandments. Um, and so to ask that. But it's a great mystery, right? That God loves us so much that he actually um, wants our sacramental life uh, to run through um, a physical reality right and so the priest is that um within baptism the water is that within anointing of the sick it's the oil there's something tangible in all of the sacraments and the tangible part of me being able to say my sins to a priest um is really um a beautiful thing even as as priests going to confession to another brother um it's one of those beautiful things of like hey i'm i'm broken uh, I need God's grace here. So, um, just that real sense that that's a beautiful um, gift that we have. Uh, so, Amen. And now, let's talk about the type of sins that a person can bring to the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. First, did you know there's two types of sins? Yeah. First one we can talk about is a venial sin. Venial sins are... What this is, what we've been kind of taught at a young age, right? The smaller sins. But I think it'd be a good point at this point of podcast to make a disclaimer, right? <clears throat> it's very easy to be confused with imperfections and group them along with venial sins. So, what are venial sins? The Catechism describes it as this, or defines it as this: venial sin allows charity to subsist even though it offends and wounds it. What does that mean in English? In English, what it means is that 
You know, a mortal sin is a, a, of a grave matter. You know, so it could be like stealing, you know, following the Ten Commandments. You, you deliberately broke it, you knew it was wrong, and you, and you just did it. A small venial sin could be seen as, for example, someone who, who continually likes to exaggerate stories when they're, and they're asked to tell the truth. They keep telling these white lies to a point where it becomes habitual and they can't stop. And so they keep lying, lying, pretty soon it comes to be a moral sin because a moral sin is a cheating on a test, right? Evading taxes, filing it wrongly on a test, uh, on, on tax returns. Those are all unethical things. And so when you're going to confession, really, ex uh, really take your time to examine your conscience, right? Some of the typical ones that, uh, that we hear a lot of fighting between family members, right? Getting impatient with people, all these other things. Let's take it one step further, right? What are mortal sins? Now, these mortal sins are what's been gro grounded to us <laughs> and ingrained us as a young kid. Yeah, some, right, some of us. Uh, it comes off the Ten Commandments, right? So the Ten Commandments are kind of considered the uh, moral sins, breaking those, knowing that it's a sin and choosing to do it anyways and having the full will to do it. So that's what constitutes a moral sin. I knew it was wrong. Uh, I knew that it was, and I chose to do it anyways, and it was grave matter. So, what does that mean? It means when it comes to the continuum of stealing, right? If I steal a dollar, well, I stole a dollar. If I stole a million dollars, right, those are different scales. And so, um, was it grave or was it not so grave, right? Um, so, when it comes to, um, and then there's some, right? Not going to Mass. Well, if I didn't go to Mass, other than in Corona time here with the, it being suspended, if I didn't go to Mass, that's a sin. Did I know it was a sin? Well, now you do. So, you got to go to Mass weekly. Um, so, once when we know that it's, uh, uh, I don't even want to say an obligation, that it's a privilege for us to do, to live out the Ten Commandments in freedom, which we just got done talking about in our former podcast, How Do I Live These in Freedom? Um, I don't. I want to break these. Um, when I do that, um, then I'm in that space of being able to see them as mortal sins and they break the love in me because I've acted extremely against love and violated God's love for me and for others. Beautiful. Did you talk about the three requirements in order for it to be considered a mortal sin? I did while well, you walked away and came back. Oh, I was getting breakfast. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> So now let's move on to the structure of confession, right? So the first thing a person does in the entering, we've all been taught this, right? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And then you proceed to tell the priest your sins. Let me make a correction. You tell really Jesus your sins, right? The priest acting persona Christi in the time of the sacraments. <laughs> so you're telling Jesus your sins, that I have offended you and I willingly did it, right? And that's the first part. You, you confess your sins. The second part is, and then, during this whole process, are you there willingly with your heart? Do you, are you truly sorry for your sins? So one of the biggest things that we've been taught as priests, right? Attrition and perfect contrition. Those are big words. What does attrition mean, Father Brian? So, attrition is saying that I am, I'm a little bit sorry, but I'm not always sorry so um yeah can be i'm sorry because i don't want to go to hell 
Right. The so fear of hell. The fear of hell basically is making me say, I, I'm sorry, but I'm, I don't know how sorry I am, but I'm sorry enough, and this is the greatest part about confession, is attrition is the only thing necessary for uh, the sacrament. And then the church um, infuses the rest of grace in order to be able to have the sin absolved. So uh, there's the sense of, and that's sometimes why a priest will offer um, counsel to make us realize, yeah, you know what, if I could, you know, break of this or whatever, I am sorry. And um, I do want to break from this, and I do have that desire. Um, so they're trying to get to a level of, of attrition, right? Um, there's also a thing called perfect contrition, which I don't know that, I don't know, maybe you can reach it, but perfect attrition, um, it's, it must be inspired and motivated from faith, <laughs> and repentance arises from love of charity of God, um, and that's the perfect contrition, right? Yeah. I'm sorry for my sins because... I love you so much. I love you so much, and I... Can't believe I did this. Right. And it's not in a guilty way, but it's in a God's so good to me, I would not want to do X, right? Correct. Um, and if it's found on other motivations other than that, it's imperfect, which would be the attrition, right? So one's perfect contrition, and the other one's <clears throat> imperfect contrition. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, but I'm not necessarily looking at God. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm sinning, but a perfect is like... I, I don't, and you just kind of walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So. And the reason why we spend a lot of time talking about it is because <clears throat> it's needed for confession, right? We encourage you guys to really, before going to confession, really sit down and pray, Lord Jesus, where have I put other things before you? And Father Brian and I, we're very particular about the way that we, we talk about this because we want to aspire to you to really be 100% when you go to the confession, that you truly give your sins away and you want to be free no longer be enslaved. So that's why we ask, when you're confessing your sins, to be truly repentant, <clears throat> which leads into the next part, right? It's not enough just to repent from our sins, right? That's the main question you ask us. Why do I need to go to a priest, right? Because um, when we pray with our body, we also have to make a public declaration too because we forget that our cons- our actions have consequences. When we've been baptized, we joined the mystical body of Christ. We unite with all the brothers and sisters of Christ, all the church who are Catholic. <clears throat> and if you read from the scripture, remember what St. Paul writes sometimes, right? You're part of the mystical body. And what Christ says too, if one body feels sickness, the whole body will be affected by it. And we've seen it. You know, the abuse scandals, everything that happens, right? So when you go to confession, when you, when you say your sins and you have, you have attrition, that's why the priest gives you penance because you're wanting to show God and to show your blessed sisters, I want to be in right relationship with you. I, I have failed. I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, I have let down my community. I've let down you, God, who have been so good to me. Allow me this opportunity to make up for it, right, to make atonements, right? And in our society, we don't talk about this, right? We just tell our kids, right, say that you're sorry and that you mean it. But there's never that what's called the compensation, the, the recompense yeah. for your sins, right? For example, you break a window. Uh, I've been taught you break it. You, you pitch in, right? So you, you repair the, the inequality that's been done. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So it's one thing, right? Uh, you know, you're a kid. You're playing bat baseball in the backyard, and all of a sudden you shatter the neighbor's backyard. And it's one thing to go up to the house and say, "Hey, by the way, really sorry about that," uh, and walk away. Right. I'm really sorry about that, but I'm not atoning for it. I just said I'm sorry. Okay, good. It's a good move, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do something about the broken window, right? And mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> a penance is a small way most most of the time. Penance is a small way uh, of the priest being the judge of the situation, giving you something that will train, turn your heart and train your heart to go back to God, right? And so that's the the mission of a penance is to not. It's not a punishment. It's a, I want your heart to go back to the Father. And so what can I do from you going down this road of moral sin to have you return back to the Father? That's, that's the only, I mean, that's the only requirement of a penance is really is to say, what can I do as a priest, right? What can I say, mm-hmm. what can I give as a penance in order for this person to understand mm-hmm how they can get back into the Father's love, and that their heart goes there and, and is able to, to follow the will of the Father again. And so that's what a penance really is. The other side of that is we can never make up for our sins in some sense, right? So we're totally on the merits of Jesus dying mm-hmm. on the cross. So yeah. that's the only reason why we're able to be free from sin. Mm-hmm. Um but it also plays into, which we're not going to get into today, but it also plays into purgatory, right? Correct. Is because even though I've been doing penances during my life, they're going to confession, maybe picking up extra penances during my life, because mm-hmm. the Lord led me there, um, doesn't mean that I'm going to not be in purgatory mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To, to cleanse me fully of any uh, imperfection or any... Um, yeah, imperfections of my will that isn't in love. And so <clears throat> to get us to that perfect contrition, right? Perfect contrition. I won't sin even if you gave me mm-hmm. the ability to sin, Lord. Um, which is some of the saints got there. Um, some of them. Um, so that's, um, yeah, that's a real beautiful part about what that is. And, um, Oh, I just want to make a plug. If it's been a while since you've been to confession and you're like, I don't know when I should go, go now. Go, yes. Um, and if it has been a while, honestly, um, just walk in the confession and go, Father, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Here. Yeah, help me out. <clears throat> Priests would love to walk you through. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about you receiving the love of the Father. And he says, welcome home. If it scares you, think about the prodigal son. We often think about the son and their guilt in it because sin puts us in that in, in that frame of mind. But look at what the father does. Even before the lost son comes home, he runs out, right? And so the priest in that moment, he's acting like Christ, saying, "Welcome home." Yeah. And the crazier part is, is you know, the son's the father's not even guaranteed that the son's going to stay. That's what crazes that yeah. makes me crazy. It's yep. Like, yep. He embraces his son with so much love, and he's not even guaranteed that his son even cares or is even gonna stay around after he has the party. Like, yep. But that's the that's the joy of the father um, for us. And as a priest for two years, um, sin is super boring. <laughs> it's super dull. Yep. Uh, there's pretty much only eight to choose from, and everything's a subset of that. 
Correct. Because the evil one's pretty predictable. Yes. And our humanness is pretty predictable. Uh, and so we're none of us are alone in our in our fight against uh, uh, sin and walking the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is to be virtuous and all those different things. But um, that's a good point. This, you bring the beautiful thing about that mm-hmm. is like it's really dull. Uh, what's beautiful is being able to absolve with the Holy Spirit in the church and to see who you can become, right? Like a really like you know that sense of fatherhood or even motherhood of just I don't care what my kid did wrong I love them and I'm gonna love them yes and see what they can become and that's mm-hmm. I mean you can look at the church and say wow look what humanity brokenness can do or you can look at the whole church and go wow look at those saints throughout the history and say Christ. wow that's a life of love yeah uh, in a radical way like Mother Teresa yep. Maxima Kobe. St. Paul, St. John Paul II, just a life of love. And mercy. And the only reason why they were able to do it is because they received it, and mostly received it in the confessional. They were able to receive that love and that mercy in the confessional, and then give that love and mercy away. Another beautiful thing to to add right there, the reason why we, we treat sin, right, we don't treat it lightly, but at the same time is, the devil makes his sin glorious than it should be. But all in reality, he used the same dang trick over and over again. And the reason why it seems so glorious and novel is he treats it like a secret. Right? Hey, it's just it's our little thing that we do. Right? It's our little thing. But if, if we continue to listen to his voice, the, the crazy part is sin makes us entrapped and enslaved. And that's why it's so beautiful, the sacrament confession saying, it's okay. Jesus is telling you to the priest, it's okay. Go and sin no more. You were made for greater than this. Don't beat yourself up. Be accountable, yes. Be accountable and sorry for the sin. But now look to the future with hope. You're made for greater things. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're afraid of the confessional, I just want to leave you with a beautiful story. There was, <clears throat> I saw this on a Facebook post, and I was researching to the story. There was an Italian sculptor who had a huge devotion to St. Padre Pio. And he loved the sacrament of, of confession. And he asks the Lord in his prayer one time, he says, what can I do to use my gift of sculpture and the love of the confessional to help others see um, how beautiful it is? So the Holy Spirit inspired him to make uh, a sculpture of really the confessional room. <clears throat> so on one side, you have the screen <clears throat> and two chairs. So Bella uh, chair is occupied by... St. Padre Pio sitting on the other side of the confessional and on the other side is empty chair. And as a penitent, when you're sitting or kneeling at the empty chair and you look through the screen, it's so beautiful because on the other side, St. Padre Pio is extending his hands for the absolution, but you don't see his face. If you look closely at the screen, the sculpture paints a picture of Christ crucified, Mm. extending his hand for you. So no matter what priest you go to, right, we will never judge you. In fact, God's given us a beautiful grace to forget. It's an amnesia, a spiritual amnesia. We don't remember your sin. We don't remember who you are, right? Most important is that moment Christ reaches out to you. Christ crucified and says, I have put to death all your sins. Right? St. Paul says, it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. You're made new. So go on to be made new images and likeness of God. Boom. Mic drop.
So going back to what Father Teo said, you know, what sin does to us, um, we can look at the cross and say that's what sin does to us, right? So Jesus, um, it isolates us, it kills us essentially because uh, death entered the world because of sin. So uh, Jesus took on sin himself. He became sin, although he didn't sin. And so the cross is really, it's not even what necessarily what I des- it's what I deserve for my sins, but it's also even more powerfully what sin does to humanity. It it breaks us, it kills us, it slowly isolates us, it makes us feel like we're all alone, it um, it doesn't make us live a full life, which Jesus had come to give us as a full life, and so um, you can also look at the cross and say, actually, that's what my sin does to me, it doesn't make me live, love, faith, hope, uh, it doesn't make me care about the other person, um, it, it, it crushes me, uh, it kills me, it strangles me, um, it nails me up here, and I'm naked, and I'm alone. So, we can also look at sin that way, and that's why the Lord came, is to set us free from that reality of what sin can do to us, or does do to us. Even if we don't see it, it's what happens. Um, but lastly, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. The spiritual effects of the sacrament of penance um, from the Catechism here in brief. Uh, there's a few of them, so... First, it reconciles uh, us with God, uh, by uh, which by which the penitent recovers uh, the grace, the grace of love, faith, and hope into their heart. It also <clears throat> reconciles with the church. So once your sins are forgiven, we're able to worship with Mother Church again. Because in the past, if you sinned, you were shunned away from the community until you made a public statement, so like, like a public confession. Thank God we're not living in those times anymore, so we're able to con- to confess our sins in a more private manner. And once we we are forgiven our sins, we're able to worship together as brothers and sisters of Christ. Yeah. Uh, is there remission of eternal punishment occurred by mortal sins? So there's some remission of that eternal punishment. Um, we're no longer in that state of being totally outcast. And then remission, at least in part, of temporal punishments resulting from sin. That's why Father Brian and I are talking in depth about the penance. So even though your sins are forgiven, we're asked to do penance to show that we're truly sorry for our sins because justice has to be executed too as well, but in a, in a most merciful way. Right. In order to have mercy, there needs to be justice. There needs to be a just cause to give mercy. Uh, and then peace and serenity of conscience and this and a spiritual consolation can come back. I remember uh, my first confession and like that was what locked me in was like, oh my gosh, I feel so forgiven and free right now. Kind of floating on floating on air right now. Um, it's just an amazing uh, experience of all right, the Lord doesn't hold anything over me through Jesus. Awesome. Cool. Uh as long as I don't hold anything over me, I'm totally free. Amen. Which is something often need to confess. Is our own self dislike, whatever, mm-hmm. um, self uh, guilt. Yes. Um, the Lord doesn't hold it over me, but I hold it over me. Well, who are you to hold it over you if God's not holding it over you? Correct. But it's a struggle. All right. Beautiful. And the last one <clears throat> to close it out. An increase of spiritual strength to the Christian battle. We've all been there, right? Where before receiving the sacraments of confession or the mass, 
we feel just kind of drudging our feet and and why we're in this kind of dry spot and if it's worth it at the end. But after confession, kind of what Father Brian said, you feel this inner peace, right? The way it's been led to. And whatever advice the priest gives you, gives you strength to continue saying, hey, look, I've, I've been just given another opportunity to make it right with God, so I'm going to go out and live for God. Let's start anew. A new day has begun. A new chapter has begun each time we go to confession. How will we love God even more than when we first entered here? I had one uh, individual that I came against, and um, when people asked him how old he was, he would say how old he was based on the last time he went to confession, um, because he was so wow. he was so uh, aware of his own sin and brokenness that he was he didn't like in body it didn't matter how old he was. He said, "No, oh, it's you know I'm I'm a month old, you know." Um, my soul's a month old. Uh, my soul's two weeks old. My soul's two days old. Um, so he just he correlated his um, his life with um, how old he was based on how much or how often and when was the last time he went to confession. And so that's where we got. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. <clears throat> we we uh, both of us. Thank you for all your prayers and support for being faithful listeners, but also being faithful to Christ first. So we pray that this podcast is helpful for you, and that when you desire to receive His mercy, do not be strangers. Right? God is the everlasting Father, Heavenly Father, who loves you so much, just like the Father in the Prodigal Son parable. He's waiting for your return, and He continues to wait for you because of His great love and His mercy. So God bless you, and thanks for listening to us. Bye.